1: Hello and welcome to Work It, the new podcast all about entrepreneurs who happen to be women, hosted by me, journalist Angelica Malin, in collaboration with Work Life. If you're looking for a new creative space in London, Work Life has the most fantastic co-working spaces in Reading, Bermondsey, London Fields, Camden, Clarkowell, you name it. You can find out more at work.life. This week on the show, I'm joined by Hannah Sharman-Cox, who is the founder of London Cocktail Week and Drink Up London. We talk all things cocktail culture, how she got going, Going with the idea and how she's made the festivals so amazing. I really enjoyed recording this episode with Hannah. She's so open and honest and I hope you enjoy it too. This week to work it, I am joined by Hannah Sharman Cox. Thank you for joining me. You are the founder of London Cocktail Week and Drink Up London. Tell us a little bit about those two I projects. am.
2: Thank you. Um, well, London Cocktail Week came first, so we kind of, the whole thing came about a bit backwards, as probably most like business stories do. So, Cocktail Week is now in year nine already um and we kick off in about three weeks so the 1st of October yeah um but yeah year nine so it's kind of it's you know it's there and it's doing its thing it was it was started off it was supposed to be a get-together of all our pals and I thought that all the people that I knew the bar industry is actually really small globally and I just thought nine years ago that people would fly in and hang out with me (laughs) <laughs> for a week because there was there's like similar stuff in the States mm. and then I, because I had a press background I, open, I sent it out to like the standard and timeout and whatnot and just said hey will you put this in print because that kind of ticked a box that that meant it was successful if it was in print and then all the tickets went amazing and all the people came to collect their tickets and I didn't know any of them and I was like oh <laughs> where are all my pals who obviously don't book tickets because they're also completely useless and just turned up anyway. Mm-hmm. But I had all these all these people turn up who were like who wanted to be part of it. So that was year 1 and we capped it at 5000 people and that felt like loads. Yeah, it sounds like loads to me. Yeah. Now it's like not loads, but like at the time and especially then like everything was there was like barely facebook. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Just like with unless you got something in print, nobody knew about it. Mm. So Five, yeah, 5,000 people came. I didn't know any of them. I was like, oh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> and so then the second year, I just said, well, look, let's just give the tickets away and see how many go. And we went from 5,000 to 17,000 like, wow. in a year.
1: Because you changed it to free tickets? It was always free tickets always at the free. beginning, yeah.
2: Because mm. Again, because I just thought I was inviting my pals.
1: Mm. So can I ask, what were you inviting them to? So in the early years of yeah. London Cocktail Week, what, what was on offer?
2: So it almost entirely the offer hasn't changed which is really amazing because it means that it worked obviously it's improved Mm -hmm. and got bigger but it hasn't really changed so the idea was that when you're when you're in the hospitality trade right you can walk into a bar and you know everybody in the bar because they're just your pals that work in the bar and then they make you a drink and they normally don't really present you with a bill and you leave a tip and they're like cool see you soon and that vibe was what I was trying to recreate Mm. but just for a week just to kind of give people this chance to kind of be in our gang for a week which and literally that hasn't changed so it started off it was only 50 bars and I've phoned 50 people that I knew and said do you want to offer a discounted drink for a week and you can get stock support and I won't get involved and you keep all the money it's fine Mm. and that basically is now still exactly the same except we have like 300 Bars, mm-hmm. um there's a member of staff that goes and visits them and makes sure that they're on point and makes them sign contracts now and that kind of thing but actually like the uh, the thing of it hasn't really changed it's kind of it is it is what it is it's about getting people into venue drinking a drink that they perhaps didn't know they liked because sometimes when you get a co- or, again we're talking about a consumer that nine years ago so it is kind yeah. of different but sometimes when you get a cocktail menu or a wine list or whatnot you're like uh, i don't know i don't know what i want i I don't know what that ingredient is I don't know what that tastes like I don't know what that wine is and so what we were thinking is that we would take the take the choice away mm-hmm. put the money as a as a flat price point so then the choice is gone even more yeah so that the consumer would say oh no I don't like tequila Oh well I'll taste the tequila cocktail because it's only now it's six pounds back in the day it was four yeah <laughs> but um you know, you'd taste it and you'd think, "Oh, actually, I do like." You know, it just about consumer education. Just changed it, yeah. Yeah, and so that's and that and we do the same. And then we did the same with wine, and we did the same with beer, and we've done the same with gin, and we've done the same. We've rolled the model like so many times now. Mm.
1: We do is, these these events for these yeah. events
2: for a week, and they are always a week long. Yeah. No, no, the week is the worst bit. It's so long. Yeah. <laughs> really it's so long yeah and when you're like when you're because to me that seems
1: really short because we do like we do event series but they go over six weeks but they're like two a week it's not intense every night oh no
2: this is like especially cocktail week it's like 4am finishes for seven nights really yeah it's really full on (laughs) And we get we got an email a couple of times. People would be like, "I, you know, I loved it, but it should have been a month." And I'm thinking, "I cannot, yeah, like, absolutely not, absolutely not." So what are I you can't doing do for
1: when you're in bars? You're doing events. Yeah, like, but like,
2: so then, so some people do. Some people now, and now what it's become is it's kind of evolved and evolved and evolved and kind of become all things to all people. It's now some people talk to the trade. So some some brands, for example, might say, "We want to." talk to bartenders so they might put on bartender events and some brands say well we want to talk to consumers and they might put on paired dinners or masterclasses or mm. a- anything really it literally is anything goes which is what's so nice about it because it means every year it's fresh because so much of the content isn't coming from us mm. it's it's kind of it's it's reliant on those brands bringing something interesting and we challenge them to bring something more interesting and more when you done. first launched it were you doing it full-time Um, no, I had a full time job. And my boss at the time was like, Oh, why don't you do that? And it was like, "Uh, sure. But literally, it's kind of blasé is that we were going to stuff in the States. They can There was a couple of festivals over there that are still. One was it still a job running. in
1: the alcohol industry? Yeah, yeah,
2: always in booze. Yeah. yeah. So since I was twenty-two, I've worked in hospitality. Mm, wow. Well. Yeah, long time. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it just it was it was like a part-time job on top of my real job, and then and then it kind of became. More and more and more, and then uh, now it's cocktail week itself isn't a full time job for sure, but but the festivals and then what became Drink Up London mm-hmm. has become yes a, a full-time very full time job. job and you a have big a team. team. Now.
1: Yeah. So how many people are, do you have on the team? We have
2: seven as of currently like yeah. it, you know it changes all the time I've just had two move back to Australia with visas are up boo. Um, um I don't take them leaving very well if I'm honest <laughs> I'm like <No. laughs> clinging on um so I've had yeah two go back to the, to Australia and one of ours has just had twins so yeah. she's on kind of we've yeah, she's like, please, can I have some time off? Absolutely, yes.
1: And um, mm-hmm. how how now do you monetize London Cocktail Week? Is it through partnerships with booze brands, maybe? Yeah. yeah,
2: a bit of that. There's a bit of everything, basically. It's um, a bit from the booze brands, a bit from the consumers that buy a ticket. You have to kind of pay to play. So the, the deal is it used to be wristbands because uh, it was done on pocket lint, basically. Mm-hmm. And now... Then, you know, got a bit more funding, and now we have clever technology and an app. But you have to buy a ticket for the week, and then that unlocks the whole city. So everything, all the bars that are taking part, so 300 bars, and then also this cocktail village, which I haven't talked about yet, but this giant behemoth of a cocktail village um, that we build we used to build it overnight and this, this time we've got two and a half days. So I'm like, yeah. Amazing. easy peasy. Um, and that, you get into that for free as well, but you have to kind of buy the ticket, which is only a tenner. Mm. And it's always, since we've started monetizing it, which was, I think, year three or four, maybe, it's always been a tenner. I kind of feel like we've committed to it now. Yeah, it's like the right the yeah. right uh, Do you know what? If it, was, if it was £100, I'd really like to hope that people would still come because it's such good value. But it's a tenner and... Next year's 10 years, so I can't change it at 10 no, years. No, you can't so, change it now. Like, it can just, yeah, it is what it is. And when did you bring on the village element? The, the, the village has just gone into year four. So we did three years at Spitalfields Market, which, uh, so the big undercover bit, um, which felt enormous. And the first time, oh my goodness, the first time we signed on it, I was like, what are we doing? It, I mean, it's just, obviously it's terribly expensive to hire giant markets in zone one. Um, but, yeah, we we stood in the space. You can actually go up a level, you know, when you stand above it. And we mm. were kind of looking down on the empty space after they'd unpacked all the market stalls. And we were like, what are we doing? Yeah, it just felt Must huge. Be, yes, it's huge. It's, it's enormous. Um but we were there three years and three years is kind of always enough to, to bounce it and do it again because actually most people just keep coming year on year on year. Mm. So we're, this year we're at Truman Brewery, but we're the other side of the road. We're in the uh, like the other side of Brick Lane, so not the not the Truman Brewery where lots of stuff is. We're in the bit, we've got three unique spaces. So we've got a big aircraft hangar, a car park and the boiler house, which is like where the original, where the beer was brewed and whatnot. Amazing. Yes, it's... I mean, I thought Spitz was big. This is, just the car park is the same size as Spittlefields. Really? And we've got two other spaces. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be amazing. And you know when you, like, you know, you, you can't go into things like that not having, not feeling sure. Mm. So it's, it, it's going to be amazing. Judge,
1: but... How do you judge that that growth is right
2: for you? Like it's a gut know, feeling. It's a gut feeling. Yeah, 100%. Like, there's, the thing is, it's, I'd love, obviously we do the maths, obviously, Um but, but you just know if mm. something's going to be right and you know if something's got the momentum to keep going. I feel like that about most things, I think.
0: Mm.
2: I met a girl once in Hong Kong and she used to talk about the tingles. She was Australian and she'd always say, oh, I got the tingles about that. And I was, actually, she was right. You just kind of know, yeah, I, that, think, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, so. I think so. I think so. Not, yeah, yeah, just something that's like, yeah, go on, lean in.
1: What advice would you give to people looking to do kind of big scale events like you do? Oh. What have you learned along the way?
2: so much (laughs) um prep (laughs) do your homework phone the council we didn't phone the council for years really no we just sort of got on with it and it's amazing like it's really it's fascinating what you are allowed to do like on the street it's fascinating once you start picking through it all but um now we phone the council well in advance um, Figure out what's legal. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just your it's your homework, and but but ultimately, just sort of get on with it. I yeah. think really because you know you just got you got to give something a go. I think mm. and just be willing and able and do stuff yourself. I, that's the other thing I think we've really learned. Like a couple of times, we've thought, oh god, you know, this is too big for us, and we've brought in agencies or or whatnot. You know, and actually. No one knows what you do better than you do. Mm. I really think that, and like you can't you know it's just just get row sleeves up and get it done
1: on the financial side of things, you said yeah. that you'd raised funding. at what stage did you realize that you needed like funding to grow it, and how did you kind of approach that relationship with investors? It was
2: super organic as it happened. Um, somebody came to the business and said we could we could help with this and that's kind of how it happened i think to be honest we'd have we'd have carried on muddling through as mm. we were it wasn't it wasn't you know we didn't crowdfund or anything again it was kind of a bit before that happened really um but this opportunity came to us um when we were by that point we were three three of us so it was me on my own for a bit and then my colleague Siobhan joined me before year 2 and then our colleague Emma joined before year four maybe I can't remember four or five no four anyway she'll remind me um and and then after that that's when we then when these when these really fabulous two brothers came to us and said we could help you do this better and so that then kind of everything started to did that make place. a
1: huge difference to the business oh my goodness
2: massive because we just we never had any we used to run it out of my flat like you know, on two laptops. So
1: how long was the, were you doing that? Four years. Four years, yeah.
2: Yeah, on on with literally like coppers. Mm. If we didn't make it, we couldn't spend it, and we barely made it, so we didn't spend it. Mm. Everything was done.
1: And presumably, ourselves. quite a lot, quite a smaller
2: team. J- just two of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then when they came in, they, like uh, they have this huge office, and they have warehousing space, and they have a business that supports the hospitality trade themselves. So. It just kind of, it allowed us, uh, do you know what, it kind of allowed me a bit of confidence mm. more than anything to mm. be like, okay, come on, what else can this be? Because, it, it, you know, it had it proven, its, proven its thing. Yeah. It's like, what else? What's the next dream? What's the next bit? And kind of every time I've gone to them and said, do you know what we should do? We should do some harebrained scheme. And they've gone, talked it through, and they've kind of always just said, yeah, right, cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's so, interesting how that setup of something that feels a bit more professional can really change your mindset and your confidence we've yeah. gone through periods where we've worked out of coffee shops or we've been between offices and the effect that it has on my personal confidence is massive and when we're in like more legitimate spaces I feel like a more legitimate business whereas it, nothing actually changes on
2: paper but it's just yeah, kind of
1: how you feel totally about agree stuff. With you.
2: and like to the point of like getting dressed properly and yeah. going to an office and you know brushing my hair which you know, I'm going to not do but all of that you know and and like when we, I think it was for us when we started hiring other team members you know actually like writing a job spec and thinking what do we need as a team and what is going to really progress us yeah you know, it took us years to get to that point, you know, anybody that, uh, it, it just, it just does, you know, you think, you think, oh, well, oh, they're so nice, and, oh, that will be helpful, and that will be, you know, I'll give them a job, and mm. someone phones and says, oh, you know, but actually, like, when we started writing, when we started as, like, kind of my, you know, seniors, and we were like, right, what do we need, what do we want, what are we missing, mm. what skills can somebody else bring, actually, and what skills are we missing, which I think, again, maybe when you're younger, you kind of think, that ah, I can do anything, mm. but... For me, it's
1: really refreshing to hear you talk about how long that process took you because we've been going uh, four and a half years and... There have been times that I've looked at other businesses. It's a bit like the Instagram thing where you see other people and you yeah. compare your lives and you compare yeah. your businesses. And I meet a lot of amazing entrepreneurs. And you think, wow, they've done this in two years. Or I they, know. Or they've got... And you forget that there are so many ways of doing these things. And some people take investment from the start and then it looks like they're super successful, but they've got loads of budget behind them and they can hire like crazy. Or they've got someone that's backing them. And to hear, yeah. hear that you've done it in a slightly more slow and considered way is really nice. Yeah.
2: Like the like organic is the only way that I can explain the process, and I can't like. I'm the same as you. You know, you see things on social media or whatever, and you think, oh, oh, why isn't that? You know, how have they done that? Mm. Why is that not me? And why am I? Do you know what? Yeah, we're just on our own path. And And, you also
1: don't know how happy they are. It may look so glitzy and glam, but sometimes the stress of having investment from the start, there are so many things that you don't know about people's mentality.
2: Yeah, and also how successful the business is and how long the business will last. You know, the proudest thing for me, and there's lots of it I really struggle to be proud of, to Mm -hmm. be honest, because it's so, it's just my brain. This, where I sit now, is like, that would be a good idea. And now nine years later, and all these staff, these women that I just love so much that, that work on this project. It's all come out of... Your mind. The, me mm. sitting on my own like some lunatic, at too young, thinking, oh, that'd be probably quite fun. Yeah. You know, and that, like, I wouldn't wish it any other way, actually, because as it is, it's kind of... You know,
1: it's like you've had grown, yeah, into but it. it's like you've had to grow into the business, like you're this kind of accidental entrepreneur, and you've had to grow into it. Yes, but yeah, which is kind of kind of similar, similar to me. Straight out of university, it's the only thing I've ever done, and no, it, perhaps sometimes you'd start these things, and you don't even know they're going to become businesses. They're just ideas, and then you're like, oh, but I don't know how to do a tax return, and I don't know what that looks
2: like, and no, I mean, all not stuff have, we didn't have a we didn't have a business name, we didn't have a bank account for years, mm. years and years and years. We just sort of winged it because it felt nice and we you know one of the things the, the no the thing that i'm so proud of is that w- all the money goes back into the venues so having worked in hospitality it's really hard right? mm. being a bartender being a being on the floor being a manager is really difficult you put up with all sorts of rubbish from people and it is long hours and however it is fabulous i would not change it for the world i had the best time being in venue, we flew around the world. It was, like, super glamorous. It was brilliant. It was 2002, and it was fun. It was marvellous. Anyway, the point is is that it is hard. And so what we do is we put all those people back in those bars. They take... Some of those bars are, like, 50%, 60% up on the week before the week after during mm. one of our festivals. Really? And they keep 100% of their revenue. Mm. We've put millions back in to the bar trade in London for, like, for...
1: Just because. Yeah, just because. Because you could have easily
2: decided to take a cut
1: well, on every cocktail. lots of people that have,
2: that have copied the model, <clears throat> which, which lots of people have all around the world. Really brilliant. Yeah. Um, but lots of people that have copied the model take a cut. Mm. And I understand why, because they're business people, and they're saying, well, this is stupid. You're taking all this money, and we could take a bit of that money. But actually, if you take care of the people that take care of you, yeah. it, again, it just it, it feels very holistic as a, mm. as a thing. Because if, you know, if, they, if those guys work hard in their venue... They'll make more tips. They'll how make more how make do you more deal tips.
1: with that competition element? Like when people copy what you're doing? Like... Take a really deep breath
2: and just wish them luck. Yeah. I do, I, I, there's a couple that have come a bit, that are, you know, you get a bit knocked, but long and short of it. I, I don't want to go, you know, I don't want to go and start working in, I don't know, wherever, name somewhere, random and set up a cocktail week. Mm. I don't know their market. I don't know their press. I don't know their bars. I don't, I you know, I might know some of their bartenders. But, I, you know, that's not my, it's not my world. It's not my life. So I kind of just think, oh, good luck. The, the best time is when someone actually comes and asks and talks to us about it. Because mm. we've made all the mistakes. We, we're very open about how we run our business and where we take the revenue. Mm. Because why not? you know there's there's plenty to I don't want to be working in like I say I don't want to be working in Paris I don't want to be working in Berlin it's like it's not for me that's that's their market yeah so we you know and we're very when people do come to us there was a really nice chap came from Lisbon Lisbon yeah and he was like I want to do Lisbon cocktail week and I was like cool what do you what do you need and he's like I just want to ask your permission and I want to talk to you about it and I was like that's so kind thank yeah, you yeah
1: that's, that's really nice like, Go forth. Would you ever do like a franchise model with it?
2: Yeah, but we've, I've written it all up. I've done it. I just, again, it's back to this thing of it's got to feel right. Mm. And to give somebody else something that, that we have grafted for so hard, just to kind of, to put to put our name on something when sometimes you don't know those people. For me, that's, it's the, the last bit of letting go. Mm. Like actually I've, the one thing I've had to learn is to say, you do it. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to delegate, you have to not micromanage things if you're going to have a big team and you have, you know, you really have to try. Um, but I'm not sure I could, I think it was maybe fully, a, yeah. Yeah, fully I think it was maybe a step too far to be like, okay, here's the name. See you later. I hope it's good. Yeah. It can't, yeah. Just at the moment, I, I'm not quite, I've still got too much to do in London. So what
1: do you yeah. feel has been the most effective marketing for London Cocktail Week? No. How have people found out about it?
2: Um, we do we do all sorts of things uh, we've and we've tried all sorts of things we've got this year we've got billboard advertising back, which we had we didn't do last year just because the money went up so much but we're gonna do billboard advertising this year, which actually it, 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 you know the the return on it it hits so many million people so really cool.
1: Whereabouts do you do that?
2: We'll do that. I used to always take the space opposite the Ace Hotel because all the overseas travellers used to come in and stay in the Ace Hotel. So I'd be like, ha ha, <laughs> there it is. Um, that's now very, very expensive yeah. to hire. So unfortunately, yeah. I'm really sorry to the nice lady that sold it to me before, but I don't take that anymore. Um we take we've taken all the, basically everything around Brick Lane where mm. the where the village is to just to kind of promote that. But it's it's super fascinating, like learning how that works because again like you know i wouldn't know but they come you know you kind of meet these people and they they can give you all these stats of like where you know who people are and where they work and how many times they go out from billboards really yeah it's like it's really interesting i mean uh, and you do digital marketing as well yeah yeah we do yeah we do so we do some print advertising with kind of london publications we do as much digital as we can muster the gloriousness of Facebook um, and the new algorithms make it really difficult mm. but yeah we, yeah we'll, we'll just kind of try anything really because ultimately we can we can just keep selling tickets as many people as if every single Londoner wanted to get involved, the city will accommodate them mm. so we 're kind of like it's well,
1: really just, nice there's not that, there's not a cap on it
2: no no there, i mean to to get in the village i'm pretty sure there's going to be queues this year, which I'm sorry in advance <laughs> but um you know there's there's a there's a finite number on that but but yeah, if you just want to go and drink in a bar and have six pound cocktails, it's yours to have it's which is such a brilliant thing because it just completely democratizes it mm. makes it and for a tenor it's kind of even it's for anybody I think
1: and for wine week and beer week has the response yeah. been as as strong to cocktail week
2: wine week is now we've just done year five, and it's always a bit of a tipping point it's It's funny because we we've kind of we're following our own trajectory now um and year five, yeah, it was a really good year for us for Wine Week. It was really fun. But um, it's, it's less just because cocktails are like, they're just seen as more exciting, I guess. or mm. you know, And the value, I think, is more perceived, especially even more so now. You, know, you can pay £25 for a drink now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we still keep it at six. But um, Wine Week is definitely the secret best one. You get three glasses of wine for a fiver. Really? It's such good value. It's Amazing. our favourite. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a lot As of fun. a team.
2: Yeah, we're like, lovely. Wine week's come around again.
1: Uh, all <laughs> really all the wine. And then tell me a little bit about Drink Up London and how that came about.
2: Yeah, okay. So that was, again, kind of backwards business model. What we should have done, of course, is launch Drink Up London and then launch the festivals underneath that and call them Drink Up London. And yeah, that's what we should have done. But we didn't do that, of course. So it was a, it was kind of a reaction to a problem so we had these three websites cocktailweek.com wineweek.com, beerweek.com, and we were ter- effectively turning them off for like 8 months a year when we weren't when the mm. festival wasn't happening and the fact that it's got week in it like what we were saying earlier it's it is only ever london cocktail week when it's london cocktail week you can't you know we couldn't pop up somewhere and do something as london cocktail week because it was one-time thing, exactly. We, it couldn't be April, and we're like, "Ha It's in six months, so we we kind of were stuck a little bit without any way of promoting ourselves the rest of the year. So, drink up, um, drink up, London became kind of the umbrella brand for everything, but that only that's not even three years old yet. Mm. So, yeah, in terms of kind of our the pair, I'm kind of a little bit behind you on on that website, but yeah. it it kind of it's stuck really quickly as a name, but I have to remember it's it's only very young, so it's kind of it's it's doing its thing and it's and it's really helped us to have an identity away from the week. Just exactly just. So it's become mainly a content platform. It's con- yeah, it's content. We we pr- basically it's like a what we internally call it is timeout, but only the booze. Mm. So rather than having to sift through cinema screenings and whatever whatever it's just what to do if you want to drink mm. so it's our picks are the best bars um, all year round mm. and then our picks are the best drinks events that you can go to and whether or not we, we can sell tickets for people or not or whatever it doesn't matter there's, there's very little.
1: It's clever to have something that feeds into your business that is like a little bit away as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it gives us, you know, it gives us just way more opportunity to do more, which for my team makes it so much more interesting because otherwise we're just, you know, especially for like Siobhan now is the festival director for Cocktail Week. So she's like come up and up and up and she really runs that entirely now, I just sort of say are you all right? And she says, yes, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but for her, you know, just to do the same thing all the time, whereas this kind of, it allows us to go and pitch new ideas and do collaborations do collaborations and pop up and any, like you name it, anything. Like last year we did, we did the launch of the London autumn season with, with the mayor's office and ran a bar and, you know, we couldn't have done that mm. as cocktail week because it wasn't cocktail week. So mm. it's, it's just kind of yeah it's, it's for me it's a bit more interesting because it kind of gives us something to play with yeah
1: and in terms of you personally how have you found like managing your time with this amount of like projects on and, and also just running your own business it's horrendous yeah like your work life balance. Like, it's horrendous. you talk about like being up till four in the morning during cocktail week and yeah I imagine during wine week it's a yeah, lot of late yeah. nights um do you find it easy to
2: switch off yeah um I have learnt to, I, like, I'm, you know, I have been doing it a long time, and I am less inclined to stay out as late as I used to, mm. or drink as much as I used to. Um, it, it, yeah, i to be honest, it's it's really hard, and anybody that says it isn't hard, I think is lying. Mm. Really, you know, to to manage a team and to you know be all things to all people and to make sure you don't drop the drop the ball and you know keep things up and running it's yeah it's really hard but I just every time it comes to it and every time it's like this is so hard and I hate this which there are definitely days surely that everybody has I like I said I don't believe anybody doesn't think that but I just I I couldn't bear it not to happen and Mm. I couldn't bear it not to be us so it's like okay well all right grumble for a bit but Shut up and get on with it.
1: Yeah, if it's that or like giving it up, you 100 would stick with it. So yeah, 100. And it, this... it must be challenging with personal relationships. I can imagine oh. like with partners and stuff, like having loads of late nights or like drinking a lot. I don't know.
2: I feel like my boyfriend would have a hissy at me. Yeah, it's um, it's very difficult to cut to spend too much time with people outside the trade mm. because you kind of just. It's not just sitting in a bar till four o'clock in the morning, talking to people, but that's what it kind of looks like. Mm. It's like judging cocktail competitions, right? Which I'm really lucky to do a lot. When you say to somebody else, oh, I've just got to go and judge a cocktail competition and drink 15 drinks. They're like, that's not a job. I'm like, well, you are no, no, actually it is. Like, you know, you have to really, you have to prepare, you have to this, you have to that, you have to be on point. You have to then stand up and talk afterwards. And it's the same thing. Like if you're out till four o'clock in the morning, you're still working. Like, fine, you might be drinking while you're working, but you if you wake up and you don't know what you were talking about, like, that's trouble. Mm. So it's, uh, yeah, you just, I've, I have definitely learned to to handle it, I think. But, yeah, it's hard. Intense. Yeah, so, yeah, it's intense. Do you like to just have days when you just don't want to drink? I, I'm currently not drinking, actually, at all, which is... How long have you done that for? Um... Uh, I'm going to do this whole month and through cocktail none of my team drink on cocktail week they're not allowed really that's the rule really? yeah
1: interesting
2: yeah keeps them all focused we have like twenty-five, thirty thousand 30000 guests the organisers cannot be drunk not an option so it's just a hard rule yeah we definitely will have a lovely day out afterwards and drink all the drinks but um yeah no, there's no drinking. Drink a week, just absolutely no no, and and actually and actually this month there's just too much to do, so it's
1: it's just. What know, advice would choice. you give people looking women women in particular mm. looking to start their own businesses that you've learned
2: along the way? Um, don't take any notice of anybody saying no, um, and uh, don't just. I think it's different. I think I really hope it's changed now, and I feel like it probably has, but have the confidence to not think i'm just i'm just a little girl i really have struggled with that over time i'm like oh i'm I'm just silly i won't go and shut up shut up and go and get on with it because actually like if you if you walk in somewhere and you're confident and you know and you know your onions i i think then then people will take you seriously so i i you know i I've never felt like a woman in the drinks industry. I've been asked it a lot, and I, on the whole, I tend to like—I tend to just sort of shy away and be like, "Oh, I don't want to answer that," because actually, I've never been made to feel like that. Mm. But I do think, I do think, it is—I would love more people to have more confidence in those situations, just yeah. to be like, "I know, I know, I've got a good gut feeling on this. I know I can do this, and I know I can help, some, like, and help the team around me, or you know, however that manifests." But
1: back yeah. yourself.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I'm into it. Well, thank you
1: so much for talking <laughs> Such to me and being a pleasure. so open and honest about your business. Um, if people would like to find out more about you and about the company, where
2: should they go online? They should go to drinkup.london and all our social is under DrinkUpLDN.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so
2: much. Thank you so much.
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
2: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Plush Care.
1: If you enjoyed this episode and would like to find out more, you can subscribe on iTunes and all other good podcast platforms. And if you're inspired and are thinking about launching your own creative venture, then there's a home for you at WorkLife. And you can find out more about their co working spaces at work.life. Until next week.
0: In the Candy Store Production for Work Life, hosted by Angelica Malin and produced by Van Connor. T-shirt weather by Poddington Bear appears under Creative Commons 3.0 with podcast recording facilities in partnership with Work Life. Visit work.life for more information. And you can find us at candystoreproductions.co.uk.